0: On hasten our salvation, we often tremble on our way In fear and tribulation, O oh, hear and grant our fervent plea The mighty judge has set us free The text for the sermon this day is taken from that gospel lesson, as well as these words from 2 Peter, which writes, The Lord is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. That is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. First, a quick note on that hymn. I thought about cutting it out but I looked at the hymn and there's not one verse I had the heart to cut out because they're all too good. Anyways, in the text, in the gospel lesson, Jesus presents a little bit of a challenge to us because we as good old Lutherans know that we are saved by grace through faith and not of our works. Right? Right? But we have this, these people standing before the king, the son of man, who is Jesus. And the, one, or the group on the right, the sheep, are sent into eternal glory because, it seems, because of their works. That's what it seems. But the group on the left because they neglected to do good, is sent into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So does that mean Paul was wrong all along? And that he didn't understand Jesus? Well, as my stepmom likes to tell me, details, details, details. And the detail is in the reaction of the people. Both groups are surprised at what the the king says. The one group says, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink, etc., etc. I want you to think of when you enter into eternity. When you stand before the judge... He's going to stand there with a resume. And it's not like our resumes on earth where we can make up stuff. This is a resume that has every single thing you have ever done. Every last thought. Which ought to scare and terrify you. And you're going to stand before this holy and righteous king. And if we know what our thoughts and our deeds are, we should be filled with terror to hear what we've done. But see, this king does something surprising. See, on this resume, every single one of our sins are covered. It's like, a, it's like whiteout, except for it is the blood of Jesus, shed on the cross, covering over every single sin that you have ever committed. And the only thing that's going to be left is your good deeds. And the king is going to recount only those good deeds to you. And you're going to hear about things that you never even knew you did, because that's the way our God works through us. When we think we're doing nothing good or we've done nothing in our lives, He does do good. Some of you have heard me tell about that what about an instance of theology at Pizza Ranch, where. We've had less than ideal attendance. And there was a point where I started to begin to wonder whether or not I should keep doing it. Because we only had, you know, one or two people. And I'm grateful for those one or two people that would come. But one day I decided, I was beginning to think that I don't need to do this anymore. It's just a waste of time. And I think Keith was the person that was there that day, actually. And I decided to have the Bible study just with us two. And then after Keith had left, one of the the employees came up to me and said, thank you for doing this. I need to hear this. And I've heard other people tell us to not stop doing that Bible study because they love hearing about Jesus. People who are usually cursing getting a little bit vulgar in their conversations at Pizza Ranch, all of a sudden have to find themselves behaving. That is one of those examples of how God can wake us up and show us that he is doing work when we can't see it and we don't realize it. But now there's this group on the left. There are these goats. Goats. The problem with them is they believe they look at that group on the right and they say ah they got in I'm a shoe in. You know how good I've been? You know all the things I've done in this world? Look at me. Jesus is going to the king's going to look at me and think he's going to think I have to let him in. These are the people who had no faith in God. Their faith was in Themselves. And the king will sit down there. Because they had. Because remember in scripture it says. Without faith it is impossible. To please God. So one who has no faith. They are the ones who said to Jesus. I don't need your forgiveness. I am just fine on my own. I am just good. And the king is going to stand there. None of those sins will be covered. And every last one of them will be listed. And they'll be cast away into the outer darkness, to the fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Yes, that eternal fire Jesus talks about is real. If there... And the thing is, contrary to our cultural belief, not all roads lead to it. There's this idea in our culture that every religion is true. But think about the book of Acts. How many of you know what happened to St. Stephen? Stoned to death. Do you know what happened to James, the brother of Jesus? Thrown off of the temple in Jerusalem. The first Wednesday service of Advent. We're going to celebrate St. Andrew. Have you ever seen the Confederate flag? There's that, the X-like cross. That's known as St. Andrew's cross. Because that is what he was nailed to. St. Philip was skinned alive before being crucified. Now, if salvation could come through any religion, if you could be saved by being Hellenistic, now he's worshiping Zeus and Apollo or Paulus or any of those Greek gods? If you could be saved by being a Jew, why did they waste their time telling about Jesus? Why did they die if they could be saved just by not without Jesus? They They could have spared having their skin ripped off of them. But they didn't, because they knew there was only one way to salvation, and that is Jesus. See, in our culture, we're afraid to tell people. And we are under the idea that we're in an area that there are nobody, there's nobody to tell. For one, I don't know if you know this, but Minnesota is a little bit close to us, so we have Nobles County, if you, if you want to take a good walk, you're in Nobles County. So we had that to the north. But even in our own communities, if you go out to a random restaurant, and I, I can't, kind of random, if you go to Pizza Ranch in Sibley, I've learned that's kind of the, the potluck for the First Reformed Church, so this skews the statistics. But if you were to go to any other random restaurant, And you had four random people from our county. You are the only one that went to church this morning. On average. That tells you there is work to be done here. And you know what? There's even atheists that recognize this importance. There's a man named Penn Gillette. Do any of you know who he is? Ever heard of Penn and Teller? The magicians. Penn and Teller are, they're, they're very good entertainers. They tend to go, especially if you watch on New Year's Eve, when they have the ball drop, they tend to take part in those festivities. Penn Jillette has this video. It's on YouTube. He tells a story of after uh, he was on The Tonight Show. This man came, came to him, talked to him behind backstage. He says, you know, he, he gave him compliments. He was really nice to him and says, you know, I think you're really entertaining. I like your show. You're very talented. Which, by the way, that's a good tip in evangelism. Don't be a jerk when you're telling people about your faith. Actually be respectful and show that you actually care about the person you're talking to. But anyways, Penn Jillette was being told this. And then this man said, you know, I know you're not a Christian. And I felt like I had to tell you about Jesus. And he pulled out his little Gideon New Testament and gave it to Penn. And Penn, when he retells the story, is actually crying because of how much he realized this man loved him. And this is what he says about this is what he says to Christians, any kind of speaking atheists. He said, I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytize, or our term, evangelize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and a hell, and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life, and you think that it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward, and atheists who think people shouldn't evangelize, and who say, just leave me alone and keep your religion to yourself, how much do you hate somebody to not evangelize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. An atheist gets it. The importance of telling people about Jesus. He may not believe in Jesus, but he understands far much better than it seems many of us do. How much must we hate somebody to not tell them about Jesus? In fact, raise your hand if you know somebody that is not a Christian. Raise your hand if you know somebody that you'll see in the next week that's not a Christian. We have opportunities. You know, as Gary Gary talks about... He's talking about it in the other, and I don't know if he talked about it here. But some people say, you know, we just got to worry about the missionary. We need to worry about getting missions here. Do you know how many missionaries there are in this county? There are about 80 some out of Zion, there's about 125 out of St. Peter and another 125 out of St. John, and that does not include the missionaries or the Reformed or the Methodists or the Presbyterians or the Baptists, that's how many we have to 6,000 people. I think we're really well covered compared to the one or two or three that might be in some other countries. Notice I said countries, not Counties. You are missionaries. This is a mission outpost. The only reason you are on this earth is to tell people about Jesus. And here's the thing. There is no better thing to tell people about. When the Chicago Cubs won the World Series, do you think people were quiet about that? Five million people filled up the streets of Chicago, the, bit, the fifth largest outdoor gathering in the history of the world. You, on account of your sin, were destined for an eternal prison, eternal suffering, and eternal death. To put it in context, it's like you were sentenced to jail for a crime you committed. And the person who you committed the crime against came up to you and said, hey, here's some keys to the Ritz-Carlton. You go stay there. I'm going I'm to be in prison for you. Raise your hand if you'd rather stay in prison than stay in a Ritz-Carlton. There's one in my vicarage area that's $900 a night, if you're wondering. None of you. You got, some, you got the mansion. An in exchange instead of hell. The message we have is so beautiful. It's the greatest message, the most beautiful message on the entire planet. And every one of your missionaries, wherever you work, wherever you're at. How many of you go, how many of you go to the elevator? How many of you know people there that are not regularly in church? Do you know Some. How about those of you... By the way, if you're in school, I guarantee it that you know people there. When you go to college, less than 10% of of college students are in church on a given Sunday. That's a giant mission field. There are so many ways we could tell of Jesus. At the end of the service... We are going to have a special offering for, for which family was it again? I got three names. Yeah, the family in Puerto Rico, Pastor Rick and Hema Schuler. Okay. And they're very old friends to Pastor Vogel and Paul. Yep. So you heard that, for Puerto Rico. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to get to Puerto Rico anytime soon, as far as I know. That is your way to spread the gospel there. To support them. May we be spreading the gospel in any and every way possible. Because Jesus, our God does not want anyone to perish. Neither should we. And that's why you're here. Until Jesus returns. Amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, keeping the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. We continue at this time with the gathering of our offering.